Welcome to the very first episode of Chicks Into the Pits, which is basically yet another motorsport podcast nobody really asked for. And this one has the added nuisance of being run by feminists. So you'll be very happy about that. Uh, if you never heard of us, let us introduce ourselves. I am Aurora. I am a 22-year-old law student uh, with an embarrassing passion for jazz music and, I don't know, mid-engine V8 racing cars, I guess. I live in Venice, which clearly complements neither of my obsessions, and I've entered the world of motorsport journalists in, I don't know, late 2018, I guess. Yeah, I can confirm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am Martina, an almost 22-year-old languages and communication student. I've been a motorsport freak for far too long to remember, and this is why one day at the beginning of 2018, I decided it was time to enter motorsport journalism. We met each other when Aurora joined the editorial staff at F1 in Generale, which is one of the websites we currently write for. And we basically immediately hit it off when we saw we shared the same type of sarcasm, the same passion for roaring engines, duh, <laughs> a perfectly complimentary questionable taste in men, we find each other's crushes 100% uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, basically that's how our friendship spanned beyond the confines of motorsport, you may say. Uh, so to this day, we love, I don't know, sharing race weekends together when we get the chance, since we live uh, kind of far away from each other. Uh, so we kind of try and do interviews and definitely protect each other from pit lane molesters, because that happens too. Um, and we love doing that just as much as we love just spending time together doing girly stuff, like, I don't know, racking up Sephora discount coupons, building Spotify playlists, and so on. But enough about that, let's get down to business. It's still January, and this means it's still time to discuss New Year's resolutions, which, by the way, will be broken well before March. <laughs> We are quite self-aware to know that we are never going to follow through anyway, so we figured it would be much more interesting to see what we think the motorsport world should do in 2020. And this is basically where we stopped scripting stuff because, you know, it can get kind of stiff, so we figured, okay, I mean, we've been best friends for, I don't know what, a year, two years, Martina? I don't even remember how um, long. A year so and a half? Yeah, something in the middle. Uh, so we were like, okay, if we're going to do a podcast together, we, we just need to be ourselves, basically, because we bitch about everything constantly. So it wouldn't be any different to do it while recording, right? So yeah, basically we thought, let's just talk bullshit for, I don't know, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's a love project, to be honest. It's nothing to be taken seriously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, New Year's resolutions, definitely one that I see. I mean, let us be girls sometimes if you really want to put, I don't know, a label or a stereotype on that. And I cannot, honestly cannot get my mind around Pascal Verlein's hairstyle. Please, someone <laughs> call a barber for Pascal Verlein. Honestly, the, the guy is, is in shambles at the moment. I have no idea what he's doing with his hair. By the way, Martina, have you seen the Santiago Ypri this weekend? I have not because as our listeners, if there are some, and I hope there are some, 
Well, now in a very short term, I am totally uninterested in formulary. Yeah, she's one of those like, oh, formulary is not interesting. Everybody keeps colliding with each other and it's electric engines. And I mean, it's okay. It's fun. But yeah, uh, we don't have that one in common. By the way, Martina, like the Santiago Prix was uh, an absolute show basically like every single formulary race sometimes I'm there like why am I still watching this then I remember I, I kind of like being in the electric paddock and basically that is enough of a reason for me anyway it was so crazy because like Santiago is of course super hot this summer year and I mean we know how batteries and heat don't really work with each other that well so yeah I mean everybody had overheating problems and stuff like that and Da Costa was furious you remember Da Costa right I I, I told you about him I also like interviewed him in uh, in Paris was it Paris yeah 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 he's a he's a cool guy we we talked about Macau and there you can see like how, how people generally light up when they talk about the Macau GP I don't even get what's the what's the hype around that to be honest I've never watched a Macau GP I don't know Martina have you ever watched one I have it is quite interesting it's just basically people colliding with each other but oh that's why Formula E drivers love it so much yeah yeah I guess but you know there the cars make some noise (laughs) yeah Martina is kind of an old school girl when it comes to this stuff while I'm more of like let's explore and experiment with new things but I I mean I guess we complement each other pretty well on that anyway I was telling you like Da Costa was literally fuming around as much as his battery to be honest because basically uh, the Tichita garage uh, hadn't exactly given him the right information on it, on the battery temperature so yeah he took the lead at the at the last lap or something like that and then he had to concede uh, and Gunther baby Gunther we love him uh, got back into the lead because uh, Da Costa's battery overheated too much and he was he was being so money about it I mean it's understandable he just lost a win because of that but honestly like I already kind of imagined that the kind of dynamic that would grow to be in the Tichita garage. I mean, you you can't put two guys like Da Costa and Vern together. And I'm surprised that actually it was Vern asking Da Costa to, to join the team when Andre left. But honestly, they are both like two divas. I mean, Jeff, everybody knows Jeff. Don't you think he's a diva too? I mean, honestly. Yeah, I do. At least that I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's it's just basic common knowledge. Like, Vern is a diva about everything he does. Uh, and, of course, we got uh, Buemi and Degrassi moaning and complaining again on team radio. And, honestly, like, Formula E is so unpredictable and so uncertain. But one of the very few certainties we have when following a race weekend in Formula E uh, is about having Buemi and Degrassi moan in some incomprehensible language uh, mm-hmm. in team radio. Buemi actually mostly does that in French, which is always super fun. I don't know why, but I think that when French people get pissed, they are like so entertaining to listen to. French is fun. Yeah, it's just such a, such a strange language. Like it, it doesn't seem like it's a language meant to be angry. So when yeah. they get angry in French, it, it sounds almost surreal. 
Yeah, I mean, for example, German might sound like a language for angry people, but French, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It just it just seems odd. Anyway, talking about German people, like Pascal, for example, he perseverates into that awful hairstyle and I have no idea why but basically I, I've seen like most people on Twitter really like him with that man bum thingy he's wearing like honestly it, it looks like I, I don't know a, a, a floor mop something like that no it isn't no. even properly styled and he says he, he takes a lot of time styling that this is strange it doesn't look like that but definitely it doesn't look that bad yeah. I don't know. I guess I will have to get used to it or something. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't even begin to fathom how it fits under the helmet. Like one thing I've always, you know, asked myself is how the hell do you fit certain hairstyles under the helmet? Like, I don't know. It seems all very tight. And yeah, I don't think it's very practical. And imagine just how dirty the air gets. Oh, when like, yeah, not really for me, not not something like that. But I mean, if Lewis Hamilton can pull off his hairstyle, then please, Pascal, do go on. He can't get any more wars, to be honest, so. Can we not talk about Hamilton right away, please? <laughs> right, you, you <laughs> must know, at this point, since you brought it up, we're going to tell the entire world that Martina has always had an unresolved crush on Hamilton and uh, she just simply refuses to acknowledge that and I always tease her about that. That's not a crush. Oh, come on, Martina, don't lie. Don't lie to me and don't lie to the people listening to this podcast. No, but she's like, every single time she's like in this love-hate thing with him and yeah I don't really get it because I mean he's an attractive guy but I've never really thought about him in that way so yeah I, I always make a lot of fun of Martina. Talking about Mercedes like I cannot understand how the hell they do that but I was thinking at this moment they're like second in the Constructors' Championship in Formula E, and they're in their rookie season. And Van Dorn, like Van Dorn, is actually first in the Drivers' Championship. Like, they, they f***ing win wherever they go. I don't even understand how that's possible. And, you know, even at the very start of the year, we got the 24 Hours of Dubai. Both me and Martina are avid fans of GT racing and endurance racing. So, of course, we followed that. It was a show, of course. But you know what happens What happens, and who comes on top of that? Of course, a Mercedes. Like, I mean, Mercedes is a AM good. Uh, GT3 is a pretty good car, but there are a lot of better GT3 cars. And they yeah. managed to win in like whatever conditions, sometimes out of sheer luck, like it was in Dubai, to be honest. A crazy race. Yeah, I mean, after what was it? Like less than eight hours? Yeah, like seven hours, 17 minutes, or something like that. Absolutely crazy. But I mean, on one hand, you understand for ever, for anyone who hasn't followed the race, basically like the heavens opened at the Dubai Autodrome and it yeah. rained for so long and so heavily and the drainage system couldn't even work properly. But I mean, you can kind of understand that. I mean, we're in the desert. You don't expect a, a perfectly draining track on there, right? So yeah, but they managed to have that sheer luck again. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And this might be a not-so-formal request for the Dubai Autodrome. 
But Dubai Autodrome, please invest some money in a real draining system because that circuit became a pool before we could realize what was going on. So that might be a problem. I mean, climate change is on. We all know about that. So we we have to expect some more rain in the desert. So yeah, that could be a New Year's resolution for the Dubai Autodrome. Please get another drainage system. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, we know that you're in the middle of the desert. We know that rain is not your biggest concern. But climate change, torrential rainfalls are a real thing, even in the desert. So please. Yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, we cannot really expect people who race in GT3 cars to give two single f- about Greta Thunberg and climate change. But, you know, maybe if it starts compromising their races, they might care a bit more. Anyway, yeah, again, like that Mercedes win was absolutely crazy because they didn't even have like so many professional drivers at the 24 hours of Dubai um, as far as Mercedes crew goes. Because, I mean, the 24 hour series is a pro AM series, so it's mainly amateur drivers. But uh, I don't know, Audi, Audi probably uh, had the most pro field yeah Uh, yeah definitely and they managed some good results but mercedes weren't even investing that much on pro drivers and i mean the the pro pool in mercedes isn't that big isn't as big as i don't know lamborghini or audi or um, well ferrari but yeah they managed they managed to win it's absolutely it's absolutely crazy but anyway talking about the desert like, I personally didn't follow that much. I don't know, Marty, did you have a better grip on the Dakar? I- I'm really not that interested. Uh, this year, I didn't. I didn't really follow through. But let me say one thing. Let me just take a moment to celebrate the real star of the Dakar, who happens to be, for the third time, Mr. Carlos Sainz, which, yeah! is, like, I-, I don't know. I don't know. He is just... The perfect driver. He is a 57? Yeah, 57. My God, God of racing. He is absolutely incredible and he deserves an embarrassingly huge amount of respect. We love you. (laughs) Yeah, we basically, like, you you can easily understand that both me and Martina actually have a crush on Carlos Sainz Sr. Martina also has a crush (laughs) on his son, which I don't share. But yeah, I mean, Carlos Sainz, such a fine, fine man. We we, we can appreciate that. And yeah, an absolute legend. Uh, and at least we got one Spanish driver, which we could cheer for, for the car. Because honestly, like, we've had enough of Fernando Alonso. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. I did not hear the name Fernando Alonso another time without, I, I don't know, getting... All, all, all bothered like stop talking about Fernando Alonso why is he in everything stop just stop like if there was like a chance to get I don't know a browser extension on whatever to filter out any single news articles out there with the name Fernando Alonso in it I would definitely install it like I cannot I cannot anymore yeah like an ad blocker but for Fernando yeah a Nando blocker <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Basically, you will hear uh, a pretty distinct cut 
in the recording. But yeah, at the moment, we have very limited means to do this and we have no idea how to solve it, but we're basically recording a Skype call. So yeah, professional podcast in the making. Amazing. Um, what was I saying again? Oh yeah, Fernando. Like, to be honest, I- I've seen many articles making a big deal out of the fact that he was out of his car repairing the damage with, I don't know, scotch tape and um, other pieces of plastic or whatever. Like, like it's such a big deal. I mean, honestly, it's the Dakar. Everybody does that. Why, if Fernando does that, it's, I don't know, heroic and incredible? Because that's Fernando. Yeah. Everybody knows him. If there's one hero of this Dakar, it's definitely Paolo Gonzalez. I personally didn't know him as a, a rider. But yeah, to be honest, it, it's always so sad to see the Dakar claiming souls like that. But um, sometimes I, I, I figure that maybe that race is a bit too much for riders. I don't know if I'd have a motto riding uh, the car leg again, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I am a big fan of two wheels racing, but I feel the Dakar is a bit too extreme. I mean, it's extreme for for wheels too, but for riders, it really becomes risky. And we see that, if not every year, almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is, again, another... There was also another rider who was, I don't know, involved in some kind of incident. Like, that. that's just too much. And I don't, I don't understand how some people can be so happy about drivers and riders severely hurting themselves and calling it a show like it, it might be that we are girls martina we do not understand this but yeah i don't like seeing people get hurt or die worse so it, it's no entertainment for me to be honest yeah i don't think it's because you know we are girls i think it's just that we don't perceive the whole thing as a show we don't perceive racing sometimes as a show. Um, you know, it's it's always bad and it's sad when this happens. And I seriously can understand why and how people can call this a show. I mean, when someone dies, when someone gets injured, it's never a show. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much more to it. Like in racing per se, even if, you know, we, we didn't have to worry about people losing their lives to this and unfortunately we have to Uh, but yeah it's just so diminishing to just consider it a show like it's so much more it's more than sport it's more than business even though I I like to to think that it's merely business but that's because I don't want to be too attached to the thing it's kind of a way of distancing myself from it uh but yeah and most people don't understand that and it's honestly sad but this was supposed to be like some kind of a comedic and light-hearted thing and we're already starting to talk about this that's basically how most conversations between me and martina end up like we're too we're too boring like we we definitely are maybe i don't know she sends me a meme or something like that and five minutes later we're talking about you know why we exist what is the meaning of the universe and stuff like that that's how that's just how our friendship works i i I don't mind personally so 
um but yeah like january seems like i don't know some some kind of a boring dead month when it comes to racing but honestly it isn't like we're having the daytona this weekend you 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 must know that me and martina like even though we kind of have to to work and discuss formula racing too like formula one and stuff like that we really are not that passionate about formula one we prefer gt racing all the way yeah yeah i mean in formula one we are basically passionate about some drivers and not in the crush meaning or something like that we're just very passionate about some drivers the sport in itself has become in our eyes a bit boring lately so yeah we've always had this passion i think for endurance racing gt3s etc and we're just trying to invest all of our energies in that I mean, it's going to cost us, to be honest. Like, it's clear that it doesn't have the same audience or stuff like that. But I mean, when you like something, you just want to do that. I don't care about the salary. I don't care about the audience or, I, I don't know, be, being famous or stuff like that. I personally don't give a f- So as long as I do something that makes me happy, it's okay. And honestly, it's, it's like this for both of us. Uh, so yeah. you can imagine how stoked we are about Daytona and like that that could be another new year's resolution for us Martina we need to schedule our podcast better because um right now we are recording the podcast and it's January 20 so Daytona is basically coming up this week but the podcast will go online on the 27th when Daytona will have just ended so basically we cannot comment Daytona on this episode just we're we're geniuses Martina Yeah, but, you know, I think they might appreciate that because us two commenting Daytona for like half an hour. I don't know. It doesn't sound too sane to me. Yeah, definitely. Mostly because it it definitely wouldn't be like half an hour. It would be, I don't know, a two hours podcast episode. So, yeah, it would definitely be too boring to the majority of our potential audience. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty pretty interested about this Daytona because th- like there's so much tea going on, and unfortunately <laughs> I cannot talk about this tea. But trust me, trust me, you would really love to sip this tea. To be honest, like there are yeah. so many things going around. I mean, you already probably know something because you know at the roar before the 24. Uh, four out of five Lamborghinis were disqualified and uh, let's just say that I've had some talks with some people and you know some things emerged in these talks when it comes to Lamborghini at Daytona but yeah I cannot I cannot tell you much more about this because I mean I could but then I'd have to kill you so it wouldn't be very practical would it yeah I think it wouldn't definitely (laughs) (laughs) because the tea is piping hot so honestly like this year I have no idea who could win in the GTE and GTD classes like I mean in DPI and LMP2 okay it's mostly yeah Mazda Akura we know about that we know about that but yeah GTE GTD this year that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one Yeah, you know, I stopped making bets a long time ago because I am superstitious as f**k. This time, I honestly have no idea who might win. 
Yeah, like we, we cannot even make a prediction and maybe we will be absolutely baffled when this podcast goes online and I don't know, yeah. we will have a very classy win, uh, completely uninteresting Daytona, but let's be honest, like a 24-hour race is never uninteresting. It's impossible, it's mathematically impossible that nothing interesting happens in a 24-hour race. And that's also why I love endurance that much i mean a grand prix is two hours how many boring grand prix have we had in the history of formula one way too many if you ask me but a 24-hour race like it's like having 12 grand prix so the chances of having you know some spectacular thing happening are just much higher yeah it's lots of categories all together it's i mean a 24-hour long race that is an long race and that's why lots of things can happen like a lot yeah even just you know the the basics like weather conditions we've seen what happened in dubai but there have been so many others like even daytona last year was so so heavily influenced by the rain i honestly yeah. hope for a bit of rain but not as much as last year please god not as much as last year But yeah, to be honest, like we've also got some pretty, you know, interesting news when it comes to lineups. Like, what do we have? Oh, of course, we have Bortolotti debuting in the in the Audi in such a prestigious yeah. event. Like, I think we've only seen him in Dubai. Yes, it was Dubai, his first outing. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, but but that is not as relevant as it was supposed to be. Like, Daytona is definitely going to be a bigger feat. Um, and then we got we got Costa, we got Albert Costa, which has yeah. just promoted a factory driver. Like I'm curious how he's going to fare. To be honest, I mean Costa is fast and is super a super funny guy. We must we must tell them something about Costa. Like Albert is honestly such a funny guy. We interviewed him at the international uh, GT Open, and um, they won the team won the constructors championship, the teams championship in this case. And uh, yeah, like he was so pissed that he had to do um, the post-race briefing. Leave us alone. We've just won. And he wanted to continue the interview with us. He was a, a very fun guy, a very, a very yeah. kind, kind soul. It, it was like so strange because we were trying to have an interview and we literally couldn't stop laughing because it was so fun. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we were trying to be professional, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's Spanish, we are Italian, so we immediately started off by talking Italian. And this was already fun by itself. But he is just such a funny guy. He was covered up in adrenaline, if you remember. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, his accent was incredibly funny because, of course, he speaks Italian, but it's a very broken Italian. So, yeah, that was also also very fun. And at some point, I, I don't even remember what was the word, but I remember that I was looking for a word in Italian because I could only remember it in English. And he was like, he was so baffled. He was like, how the hell do you not know a word in Italian? And I'm like, you're Italian, stop it. He, he, he thought I was like playing a part or something. Um, yeah, that was a very fun moment. Anyway, we'll see how he fares at Daytona. I'm honestly pretty curious. Also because, I, I don't know, do you know if uh, Costa has done any other Daytonas? I, I don't think so. I honestly don't know this. This might be his, 20, his first 24 hours. I don't remember. It could be his first one. 
Yeah, at least I think at least it's his first one as a pro. Probably he had yeah. some outings as a AM driver, but yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, yes, it will be extremely interesting. And of course, we got Risi Competizione, so our Italian hearts are very happy about yeah. that. We also like love the guys in the in Risi Competizione. I think I think we know all of them apart from Serra. Yeah, yeah, we know all of them. We do. No, uh, no, maybe you don't, Martina. No, you don't, right? Because I, I met like, no, yeah, right. It was like two, uh, a couple of events which we haven't covered together, which I covered. So you don't know them. So yeah, but yeah, they're super funny guys. I personally don't know much about Serra, apart from the fact that he's not a very good driver in my opinion, but you know. <laughs> No, anyway, he, I think he just got promoted to to the competition in GT division as a factory driver for Ferrari. He just got promoted with, um, how, what's his name again? Oh, Niklas Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and another another very cool guy. Yeah, you, you haven't met them because you weren't there with me at the European Le Mans series. No, but anyway, I mean, we, we kind of like the Ferrari roster in, uh, in GT, especially because we, we don't like the Ferrari roster in Formula One. And that's yeah. the other tea for today. Yeah, and there is the fact that whereas you are a Ferrari fan, I mean, we could call you a Ferrarista. I happen not to be a Ferrarista. I happen not to be a Ferrari fan, I'd say. Yeah, I'm not Italian. So, yeah, you know, everyone has got their own issues. Uh, everyone has got to live with them. I honestly don't even understand how you're keeping your identity card, your Italian identity card, if you if you don't support Ferrari. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, Martina supports Seb, mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life when he retires. And so I just prefer not to think about it and live in my world of fantasy where he will race until he is 60. So, yeah. Maybe maybe Seb would become another Carlos Sainz. I'm sure we will see him somewhere <laughs> else. Like when he retires from Formula One, he will go. No, no, I actually don't think it's in character for him. Probably we'll never see or hear about him no, again. No, don't say that. I'm already picturing him, like, I don't know, at his house, with his lake, his ducks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Seb, please don't. Like, she, she can't even fathom the idea. Anyway, one thing in which we are very much united when it comes uh, to Ferrari is uh, uh, in not liking Charles Leclerc. And uh, we we get so much help from for that, Martina, like... People come to us and go like, you cannot not like Charles Leclerc. How is it yeah, possible? People, they hate us. When they find out that we don't like him and there are some reasons why we don't, yeah. they just basically start hating on us. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's it, it's honestly very much lucky that we have each other on this and then we can support each other on this. I remember one time, like, um, on Instagram, I, I posted some kind of a very small commentary on, what was it, Brazil, that Char was going on and on with that banter on the radio, and we were like, please stop it already. <laughs> Do you think it was only Brazil? No, no I mean... But in Brazil, I think it was Brazil, like he really went off, the guy went off and I was so 
to him. I was like, please, can you stop this? Like, do you ever hear anybody else be so disrespectful towards the team? Anyway, I kind of expressed my opinion and said like, yeah, I think Charles should probably say sorry to the team and understand he must not talk like this in the future, especially not during the race. I mean, it's very important that you stay focused and mostly that you don't give information to anybody else because team radio feeds are public. You idiot. Anyway, and I got so much for that. Like people came at me in the comments saying, yeah, we know you're biased against Leclerc. You're not serious. You, We cannot take you seriously when you, when you talk about Leclerc. Come on. And I think that is the race where he basically spit off all the strategy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was the one. Yeah, it was that time. And I was mostly because like he was clearly like making the rival teams know what the strategy was because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. And, and I was like, are you, are you serious? Are you for real, guy? Like, to be honest, yeah, I, I don't really like him. There, there's nothing we can we can say about that. Another very unpopular opinion in Formula One I have, and you don't share that one, Marty. I, I, she doesn't even understand me on this. I have no idea why. Yeah, uh, I know where you're going. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Is I absolutely love, adore, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it. Valtteri Bottas, like, he's a piece of my heart. I, I I don't even know how this thing started. I don't even know why it went on, but yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, for sure. <laughs> I, I just belong to him. Like, that's it. That's it, to be honest. And honestly, when the news of his divorce broke out, like, I was heartbroken for, for a second. And then I was like, you know, secretly cheering. <laughs> not like I have any chances with Valtteri Bottas but yeah like knowing he's single now just makes me happier to be honest yeah and on this note you know when Valtteri was saying that you know he had this big plan for winning in 2020 I mean he said this like a month before the news of the divorce broke out and I mean if that was his plan I mean, make something out of it, because that was quite a big thing, I think. Marriage. No, but I mean, we see how, you know, being an athlete at such a high level definitely influence your life. And we see that Luis has basically never found a decent girlfriend, if not for Nicole. I really like Nicole Scherzinger, to be honest. But yeah, it, it makes you think. Maybe he thought that, you know, sleeping around like Luis was a good way of winning a world championship. I have no idea. Maybe he's trying to emulate him on that. Honestly, I can't say I, I can complain if Valtteri wants to slip around. And that's the tea. <laughs> but My, yeah. I mean, I was starting to talk Italian by how much I was shocked. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, I just need to be open with the audience. I, I, I am being frank. I am being honest. Yeah, a bit less. A bit less. <laughs> Switching completely, moving completely out of the subject, with the one guy we really cannot say anything about, at least in that way, is Lando Norris. Yeah. Thank God for Lando Norris, like the meme revelation of 2019. The meme lord. Meme lord. Absolutely, meme lord. Like, I, I mean, he's really, you know, playing on this a bit too much. Sometimes he can be a bit over the top. But I can't say I, I, I complain, to be honest. 
No, I mean, I always thought it was really fun. Sometimes he can be a bit too much, maybe. I don't know, for some people, because for me, that's not like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't really know how genuine he is in this. I mean, he's 19, he's clearly very naive. So he's definitely at least a bit he's genuine. 20. He's 20. Oh, oh my God. I like, think it, it was like... November 12th or 13th, something like that. Remember his birthday. Oh, such a such a passionate fan you are. No, that's just because I am passionate about astrology. Right. <laughs> and I make bird charts for basically everyone. If I meet a dog along the road, I will make his birth chart. So I got the number of birth charts she made for me. Like I cannot even begin to 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 count them like I don't think I can count them on my hands whenever I, I I tell her I have a crush on a guy or something like that she goes on and immediately asks me information because she wants to do his birth chart and then compare it to mine it's honestly like yeah. it's very funny because of course we don't take that seriously she does and she has made some damage with this so no I didn't I didn't I I just say the truth I just say what I see yeah sure sure Martina anyway Lando is what a Scorpio yeah I always thought he was a bit out of character as a Scorpio no I mean Lando Lando like doesn't strike me as a Scorpio personally but I only know about astrology based on what you tell me Martina so no I mean as a driver you can see some Scorpio characteristics in him Ooh, interesting maybe next time i'll tell you yeah definitely like let, yeah let we could do an episode entirely based on astrology in oh my god <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready for this but we can try my love i am i know you definitely are you you never made me the uh, valtteri bottas's birth chart actually because <laughs> i don't like him yeah but you have to do that for me all right i think he's what is he Virgo, Cancer, I don't know. What He's definitely not a Cancer, come on. I don't even know when he was born. I have no idea, but you know, I, I know for a fact that he's not a cancer. Like, okay. he doesn't strike you as a cancer, right? And I hate cancers in general, so, okay. <laughs> okay, so we'll see you in the next episode, guys. I'll try to talk Martina out of doing an entire episode on astrology for you, for your sake. But Which I am already scripting. Yes, of course. So we'll see how that goes. I'll try to, I don't know, smash your computer, send her a virus or something so that we can save ourselves all together. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining, guys. And we will see you on February 27th. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you listened, I mean, I don't know. Thank you anyways. <laughs> thank you to our potential audience. And yeah, we'll see you in a month. Bye bye, guys.